0: Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and each week I interview everyday people who have transformed their health and the amazing souls supporting them on their journey. Be inspired. Today I'm chatting with Dionne Sanchez. Dionne is the host of the Words of Heart podcast, which is all about in-depth conversations of inspiration with an emphasis on mental health. Dionne considers herself to be a warrior for change through the power of her words, and her podcast is a culmination of her gifts and skills. Her empathetic nature allows her to connect with anyone she comes across, leaving her podcast to be a safe forum of comfort and acceptance. She's a Christian, poet, digital art student, became diabetic during the pandemic, and had many health issues growing up, which is a testament to her perseverance in spite of her obstacles. After her birth, she couldn't speak or hear for the first two years of her life, and this created learning difficulties for her. It also led to loneliness, because when we're different as kids, other kids can be mean. This podcast episode is full of heart, Dionne shares with us her story, her struggles and her triumphs. She's an incredible woman who is lighting up the world with her wisdom and she shares many wisdom moments in this podcast. Dionne and I would love to hear your thoughts and takeaways from this episode. So after you've listened, head over to Instagram or my business Facebook page, find the post for this episode and let us know. See you inside. Well, welcome to my Holistic Health podcast. It's great to have you here, Dion. Um, so, thank you for joining me and thank you for having this conversation with me.
1: No problem. It's an absolute honor to be here with you, Susan. Yeah.
0: Well, awesome. Can you share with us what your life looks like now? What are you up to in the world? What's going on here on the daily for you?
1: What is my life up to now? Well, um, for starters, I'm a digital art student here in St. Petersburg, Florida. I go to the St. Petersburg College campus. Um, Considering um, the pandemic really changed things up a bit from Florida and all over worldwide, um, my learning has been conducive to being online um, like everybody else. Um, So yeah, I get to go to school in my pajamas. That's great. But um, apart from that being a college student um, majoring in graphic design, I also um, created a podcast called Words of Heart. Um, which was really birthed um, in the midst of this pandemic in regards to me being diagnosed with diabetes, which I'll get into a little bit later. But um, on a daily basis, I'm either doing schoolwork, which I, at the moment we're on summer break, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, so there's school and producing and creating my podcast um, called Words of Heart, which emphasizes on mental health specifically with a variety of topics and just a real form of comfort and acceptance um, considering the troubled season we're in with the pandemic. And I like it to be just a gentle reminder or some type of virtual hug, if you will, Um to remind others that they don't have to go through anything alone, and that they are loved and cared about, and that they don't have to question their existence—like they're they do have a purpose in this world. So that's, that's beautiful. My typical day: podcasting, being a student, and just enjoying Netflix on a daily basis.
0: So, <laughs> what are you watching on Netflix at the moment?
1: Uh, what am I watching on Netflix at the moment? Um there was a show um last night that my aunt um got me into. She stayed over for the weekend. I'm really close to my family. It's called Manifest. Um these passengers on a plane um, like 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 hop on the plane plane in 2013 and then it's a couple hours pass and they have some minor turbulence and when they land It is like 2018.
0: Ah.
1: So it's like a weird time world, war pull, Um, like five years has passed and they've been presumed dead when really in reality, in their mind, it's only been a couple hours of them on the plane. But on the other side of the plane, it's been five years. So, and they look exactly the same. And now they have to, the whole series is about trying to figure out what exactly happened to them on the plane and all the, Mental and physical ramifications going on in their head, and what does this mean? And like, it's kind of mind blowing <laughs> because it really gives you the idea of immortality and time holes and whirlpools and is there another reality that? Is on pause or intertwined with other dimensions and type of stuff. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, hundred percent. That sounds really interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that about you know what you're up to in the world and what you're you know bringing out into the world, particularly around the podcast and and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, I think you you know I was listening to another podcast yesterday and it was just talking about the fact that everybody is here to figure out who they're meant to be, like. And that looks different for everybody. And so keeping that open mind and being curious and exploring and supporting other people to figure out who they're going to be is really a a real skill, I think, in today's society.
1: Absolutely. And um, this whole season, 2020, the year we all want to forget about, um, as far as my diabetes goes, which, again, I'll get into it more eloquently in a little, little bit Um, really changed everything as far as my perspective goes and the experiences I had growing up from small child to adulthood to really much now is what shaped me and molded me into the person I'm becoming and meant to be Um, beforehand the idea of getting my license like I'm 25 and I don't have a license the idea of getting a license and being a full grown adult was just not a concept I would even consider but now with everything that's happened to me getting my license exploring new food new interests producing a podcast that has the potential to help anyone with any circumstances and just remind them that they are important it's just it brings me much joy and it's just it's helped shape me so much and just broaden my horizons as far as the depths of my heart and my character and just, yeah.
0: Sounds beautiful. Thank you. That's awesome because it, it is about doing things that we love and I love that you, I really honour you for bringing in the what's bringing me joy. This is bringing me joy and therefore that's why I love doing what I'm doing. So thank you for sharing that. So take us back on your journey. Where did it all start? Was it, just last year with 2020, or is there more? So tell us all about it.
1: My journey, it's definitely not a journey anyone would suspect when meeting me. Um, many people think I'm optimistic and sweet, which obviously I am, but um, my story is a lot more different than a typical person you would come across. Um, when I was born, I... Um, You know, I had a mom, I had a dad, came out the womb, the typical miracle cycle, but my particular miracle didn't really happen instantly, um, which is probably a really odd way to phrase it, but pretty much for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. Yes, for those of you who are pausing and thinking, how on earth is that possible? It's the absolute truth. That's how my life pretty much started. Um, For the first two years, that would be two, one, two. For the first years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So I've been very different um, since I was born. And I had no choice in the matter as far as how that came to be. Um, The fact that it took me a really long process to develop any sense of words or sound, um, I undergone many therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, and probably other health diagnoses. Um, I had hypertension deficit disorder, which is um, the trouble to focus, which I'm still dealing with um, to some degree as an adult, but it was more severely as a kid. So um, I had a real gamut of obstacles as r- r- soon as I left the womb, which as a baby, you're supposed to, you know you know, play with the blocks and toys, not learn how to function as a regular human, which as far as development and growth goes, that was a pivotal part for me. And how do I do that? How can I overcome that? Um, so my whole life, since I've been born, I had to overcome those particular derailments and health issues. Even the doctors told my family, hey, because your daughter is this way, um, I hate to break it to you, but you might as well dope her up with a lot of medication, and she's basically retarded. Like, she can't achieve to anything um, because of her health issues. Um, My family refused to believe that, and I hardly believe I would speak up if the words would have came out of my mouth then. Um, because you don't know the depths of someone's character or their spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in the medical field. They're supposed to be practical and realistic. But, I mean, it's pretty brutal to automatically say your child is stupid. Um, that's pretty harsh. So, um my growth and development and my health really started when I was born. Um, I undergone all types of therapy, speech therapy, physical sp- therapy. Um, I had diff- special classes. Um, I was very different. Um, kids did pick on me. Um, many people answer a question wrong. Nobody would laugh. I would answer a question wrong. People would laugh. Um, so considering how different I was, you would think, um, oh, I'm different. I should just, this is who I am. This is a part of me. Why should I bother trying? But um, that's not where my mind was at. Like, my mindset was I'm just as good as everybody else. I'm just as smart as everybody else. Yes, it takes me longer. And yes, I had derailments, unlike many most typical humans would, um, particularly at the start of my birth, but it's only a part of me, it's not all of me. And um, it shouldn't define me or I shouldn't be ashamed of it or anything along those lines. So um, though it's not, A very likely scenario to happen to everyone um my case is pretty um it's a real testimony because first years of of your life you couldn't hear her talk and yet I'm speaking and talking so I'm pretty much considered the miracle child in my family um with everything I had to undergone I had to learn people learn how to walk walk when they were like, let's say three, I had to learn at five or something, or six. Like, it took me a lot longer to learn things. Um, And it goes to show the real amount of perseverance I had, because I could have easily given up. I could have easily given up, Um, but I didn't. I was so unbelievably strong-minded, In my faith, I'm a Christian, so my faith is really important to me. I wanted to prove so many people wrong and show that I was just as good enough as everybody else. So um, I worked hard, I had my share of difficulties like any typical person, but I just worked twice as harder um, to prove everybody wrong. Um, I went through elementary, high school, I I took those specialized tests, like FCAT. Um, I don't know if FCAT's a common Not a test <laughs> yeah. But I took those te- typical standardized school-based tests. Um, I may have had to take it a couple more times than anybody else and had specialized time, but I still took the exact same test as everybody else um, and worked just as hard, and I passed them. I passed them. I went on to the next grade and went on to the next grade. Um, I worked hard my whole life when other, there was this scenario in middle school where people were getting scholarships. Um, At this point I was doing fairly good in school. I got very good grades. I didn't fail. Um, I didn't get a couple failing grades like any person would. Um, as far as failing for me, I may have took it a lot harder <laughs> because I wanted it so hard to prove everybody wrong. So when I failed, like, darn, another reason for them to be mad at me. But um, I persevered either way in spite of my obstacles. So um, people were getting scholarships. So I took up the courage enough to talk to my counselor at the time, like, hey, how can I get this scholarship? I'm, I have just the amount of grades as everybody else does. How can I get this to happen? so um I went through the interview process the whole recommendation letters keep in mind I was in middle school um, scholarships are really for colleges and high school students but um they had the luxury of handing out scholarships at a young age to and if you continued with the right grades and requirements you can keep it up all the way through high school mm-hmm. um, what here in Florida where I am so I got the scholarship PA and um, so that's like one victory point in the proving people wrong column. Um, and it was just up to me to continue having that scholarship. So fast forward to high school, I was in all these extracurricular activities. Not a lot. I was in the journalism program. Um, that was a real key component as far as um, extracurriculars go, school newspaper, all that good stuff. Um I managed to get earn another scholarship. Little victory wow. in round two. Another point yeah. in round two. And just full picture circle as far as my journey goes. Um, those doctors who said I was retarded, I wouldn't amount to anything. They should just dope me up with medication. Um, she's just nobody. Um I proved them wrong pretty much when I graduated high school with a 3.0 GPA. Um, That was a real um, achievement, not just for myself, but for my whole entire family. Um, Everyone was really in an uproar when that happened because I was supposed to be classified as retarded and stupid. And not to amount to anything, but to go from that to be a girl who's like, you were wrong. With a diploma with two scholarships, and the thing is, for someone who had had to learn who had not the best mentality and gross growth span because of my derailments, I even had the possibility of graduating high school early, but because of some counselors and the mixing up with classes, I didn't get that chance. But that was the counselor's fault, not my fault. But um, it wasn't. Easy. Um, it wasn't easy, um, because I felt very different. I felt very different, um, because of how I was born. Um, but I didn't want my differences to hinder me or to be something people would find flaws in or take advantage of like you were born this way. So we shouldn't accept you or you were born this way or you're weird. Or I didn't want those particular, I didn't want them to, I didn't want to give them any reason to cause any prejudice or judgment towards me because there's nothing wrong with me. So um, that's where my health journey pretty much started really from the day I was born. Um, And I know many people undergoing all types of health diagnoses, and my heart goes out to those who have been affected by it. Um, So as far as being different and persevering, I understand it full-heartedly. So as far as my diabetes goes, which um, brings the whole health issues to full circle in a way. Um, obviously I got diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the pandemic, which would be last year, January, 2020, the year we all truly, truly want to hate. And I completely understand that. I respect everyone's logic and wanting to hate 2020. I understand. I even did a podcast episode for the first season called in the last episode called Breaking Up with 2020 because we all want to forget about it. But for me personally, I couldn't forget 2020 because um, keeping in mind what I just shared with you, um, my adulthood before I was diagnosed with diabetes, it seemed like everything was going great. It seemed like everything was going good, but then I got sick. Um, I, this, I had diagnosed in January. I, the grunt of my illness didn't really start happening until, um, the severity of it didn't really start happening until November. Um, I was losing a dangerous amount of weight, eating my eat myself from the inside out I think there's a technical term for that psychosis or mocosis I don't really know the wording and I'm sure you do um but either way I was a skeleton in a nutshell um before I got sick as far as my eating habits go I had the eating habits of a five-year-old I did not I think vegetables or fruit or even having breakfast as the first meal of the day was a necessity for me to have. Um, oh, I'll just have lunch. I don't need breakfast. Um, but I didn't know the severity of my food related choices would have an impact into my body until November. Um, I would eat something and then I would be full. I would have one bite of something and then I would be full or I would throw up or most likely both. Um, there was no nutrients in my body at any given time. Really, I would eat something and then it would just automatically come out like it wasn't staying in here. So, um, that was probably the most depressive time of my life. Keeping in mind. I, things were good. Things were good. I was in college. As I just mentioned, working hard. But the 2nd November hit, I got sick. Um, I had just turned 24 too. This was all around birthday, my birthday and Thanksgiving. All these holidays, and my brother came in town even, that was really great. But all these momentous occasions like Christmas and Thanksgiving, holidays that you're supposed to be so unbelievably happy for and spending time with your family, I couldn't be happy for. It was I was depressed. I was sad. I'm, I have such a positive aspect on life and see the silver lining and the logic and the reasoning behind everything. Like if you ask me, I'm like, there's a reason for why this is happening. There's a reason for everything. You will get through this. I couldn't take my own advice. I was that upset. (laughs) Um, there, I had no idea what was happening, and I could have died at any given moment. Um, eventually, there was a solution. Um, even though I was sick, and I think this is an important antidote to mention, um, because I mentioned how much <laughs> I've worked hard So, as far as schooling goes. Um, while I was sick, I was in school. Um, I think that's pivotal to mention, considering... Mm. I've worked so hard and have to be sick. And these were the last few weeks of classes as a college student. The last few classes are basically like a final round in a boxing round. You don't want to lose. You do (laughs) not want to lose. And I was in no position to want to lose because I had a very intimidating teacher. She was like the destroyer of grades. She does not take kindly to anything. And I, everyone do not like her very much. So the fact that I was actually passing her class was a huge monumentous achievement in itself if it wasn't already. And I was already in the midst of retaking a class. Like everything was fine. So the idea of missing any classes was absolutely horrible, but my health is far more important, obviously. So um, even though I was sick, by some miraculous miracle, and I have no idea how on earth this is possible. Perhaps it was my heart and my spirit, but um, I managed to pass my classes while I was sick somehow.
0: Well done. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> so somehow I managed to pass. I still don't know how on earth that's possible. Maybe it's because I didn't take any sick days in the midst of my fall semester. That might have something to do with it, but... um. So um, fast forward to my diagnosis, Um, I was really sick, could have died at any given moment. Um, I got diagnosed with diabetes about January 8th. Um, Many people, considering what I just shared with you, took this news really surprisingly and pretty harsh because considering all the health issues I had growing up, I had quite a deal. And simply coming out of the womb. Like I wasn't out of the womb for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. And bam, all these issues. Um I'm supposed to, you know, go go. Like not I'm not supposed to be a mind. <laughs>
0: yeah. But
1: I was a mind pretty much. So um with all of that said, um my family was not or. Gr- understanding of this news they were happy to know that hey my baby's still gonna be alive she isn't dying but to go from overcoming so much to now having to be diagnosed with this and keep me in mind this was in the midst of the pandemic the pandemic had already like spread it at this point in January 2020 um so to have to be diagnosed at such an inopportune time with a known virus that can potentially kill you is absolutely terrifying. Um, but I took what happened to me as a blessing and an opportunity for growth. Um, obviously, I mentioned before I got diagnosed my food regimen was that of a five-year-old. I'm not exaggerating. It really was that of a five-year-old having any type of food change. I was like, yeah, no. Um, It wasn't until I got diagnosed, and just to give you a more full picture, the idea of change, I was not okay with. I was not okay with it at all. Um, It wasn't until I got diagnosed that the full idea of change, I truly began to embrace it. Um, I saw what happened to me as God's way of giving my life more purpose and him calling me to be a warrior for change. Um, I mentioned this on my podcast numerous times, and um, it's a real testament to who I am, um, being a warrior for change through the power of my words. Um, So it was through my diagnosis that my whole perspective changed. I started eating better, taking care of my body better, Um, going to the gym three times a week, having salads and fruit and counting carbs and just truly taking care of my body to the extent I should have been taking care of it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finding ways to help others through their experiences, which inevitably ended up being, um, the sole purpose of my podcast launching, um, in August. So it would be a year, this coming up August since I launched it. So, um, just everything, as far as my experience go, my health derailments, the magnitude that I had to undergone in the degree of suffering I experienced before I got diagnosed with diabetes, um, just really goes to show the full picture of the strength of my character and my heart and my willingness to never give up, even though I have every reason to. Um, And I'm sure many people will um, attest to this in their own experiences as well, but um, I didn't.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness that you didn't. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's a blessing in (laughs) itself. But it's like, you know, you know the fact that you had that challenge from birth almost spoke or speaks to your uniqueness and speaks to the journey that you're actually on it's all and, and i you know thinking about it from a metaphysical perspective it's almost like you were never meant to um hear or speak during that time to be able to find that next you know that inner courage and that next level of you within that space i mean you you know we can feel vibrations so it's almost like communicating on that soul level as opposed to communicating in the human level. And I'm and just paraphrasing and, and making up stories myself here, but it's always like, you know, your your soul wasn't ready for that just yet. It wasn't ready for that human experience um, And, yes, that then led to development challenges and things that you've faced over the time, but you've already spoken to how much character that that has brought for you and how amazing you've become because of that. And then being able to speak up and share your story with so many others gives them the courage to then go and find their own, you know, story or their bravery and come out the other side. So thank you so much for sharing that. It's interesting you mentioned the boxing ring, because I think you've been in a boxing ring for your approach your whole life. Do you feel <laughs> like that that you've been fighting?
1: Yes. Um,
0: I never use a boxing
1: ring metaphor in my life until now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had I had written it down earlier, like you said, you know, I was proving um, my trying to prove people wrong, and I'm like, it's almost like you're in a boxing ring, just you know, I'm ready, ready for the next know? round.
1: Yes, I I did feel like that growing up. Um, it wasn't easy. I obviously mentioned I could have easily given up, but I didn't. It wasn't easy. It, I can't say it was a walk in the park because it really wasn't. It definitely took its push and pulls and punches to my self-esteem and... I'm like, why do I have to go through this? Why, this doesn't happen to everybody else. Why just me? But um, though I didn't realize it at the time, it was all part of what made me so unique and special and um, just a real testament to who I am. And in spite of every freaking circumstance I've ever gone through, um, I really am a warrior. Um, in spite of everything. And just like everybody else who's ever gone through any type of circumstances or virus, because we're in the midst of this pandemic. So the fact that anyone is handling this, um, kudos to you for finding the um, strength to be able to handle this um, to the best of your ability, because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go through anything um, is a real testament. To the depths of someone's character and the fact that they are a warrior in spite of anything. Mm. In my case, it's in spite of my derailments and my circumstances.
0: Um, yeah. I hope I answered your question. I'm not No, you did. It's now. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that you call yourself a warrior for change, I love that. Like I think that's really powerful. And that, you know, thinking about the pandemic and how it has affected so many people um, on so many different levels thinking about it from that perspective how am I a warrior like just showing up some days means that you're a warrior it doesn't have to have a, you know you don't have to be on some massive mission in your life to be an amazing person but just being grateful or just no, some people don't even want to be grateful do they and I don't mean that from a negative perspective like they're kind of over that kind of stuff it's it's the whole I'm here I'm showing up, so can I be proud of myself for showing up? Yeah, I damn well can, and I can, you know, I can say that about myself without having to look to somebody else for approval or look to society for approval. I get to choose, and I can choose that whenever I bloody will like to. I think that's really important.
1: Absolutely. Simply waking up is a f- and getting out of the bed is an yeah. achievement in itself. You yeah. could have just stayed in the bed, but no, you got out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So take us through some of the journey that you went on through your childhood and teenage years. From what I heard, it sounded like there's still some emotion sitting in that space around how perhaps you were treated as a child or how you were treated as an adult, or as a teenager. And some of the, you know, people, kids aren't kind. Kids say the, the darndest things. Um, Teddy came out, he's my seven-year-old, my parents have been staying with us and he went into the their bathroom the other day and he goes, oh that stinks, you know, like they just come out and say the most um, perhaps inappropriate kind of things and kids saying those things to kids is really challenging. So can you share us some of those sort of issues that you faced and I know that they've brought you to where you are now and I know that that's created the mindset that you have now that you are smart enough and I am just like anybody else and I can do whatever I want, but it's it's some of those experiences that have brought that through in you. Sure.
1: Um, I did have a lot of um, insecurities um, as a result of um, my derailments and health-related issues, um, childhood um Even though I did have the mentality of never giving up, it was still hard for me to um, formulate connections with people. Um, They would, I would think they would see me as invisible, perhaps because I'm so different, or just just walk right by me in general. Um, It was really hard hard for me, it was hurtful. I wanted that sense of acceptance. Um, I think that was something that was highly important to me. Um, considering everything I go through, um, I just wanted friends. I just wanted that acceptance, um, that community around me. And it was really hard for me to have that. Um, even growing up, um, like I had special classes and everything when I was little, all types of classes and there were other classes where there were other kids with other health issue development. So I wasn't completely alone. However, um, when my dad would come and pick me up, um, the other kids would be playing with their blocks and their toys. And yet I would be by myself in a corner just playing by myself. (laughs) So um, formulating connections and gaining acceptance and just, uh, just friendships in general was very hard for me that was probably the most hardest issue um, to have to overcome because I can't change who I am I can't be any different or anything I as a result of that and having such a difficult time with finding acceptance and friends and community I did question my existence quite a bit Um, that was really hard for me like Okay, so I'm trying to make friends. Why can't I make friends? What's wrong with me? Like, I'm just being me. Like, I like Barbies, I like Play Doh. Like, why can't I make friends? Um, There was a small group um, at my church, and no disregards or disparaging remarks in regards to Mm -hmm. churches because they're all different and everything. Um, So I just have to put that out there because i'm sure the other people have their theories but i have nothing against church or anything because it's a part of me it's part of my um spiritual upbringing everything um because it's a key part to how i developed as a person in my podcast as well so um there was a small group session um with many middle school girls around my age um there's a small group leader who was high schooler, so older um They would, you know, ask questions about how our days were going and how to apply spiritual advice and principles into that particular scenario. So I would, you know, I would raise my hand and share what was going on with me and, you know, being vulnerable and everything. And whenever I would speak up, some other person in the group would automatically interrupt me. Um, And instead of for that leader to quiet that person down, like, hey, let this girl talk, um, she would completely ignore me and be oblivious to the fact that I was just talking and continue a separate conversation with the person that interrupted me. And then the whole other group would go on. And I would feel like a complete, utter idiot. Like I was trying to express myself and you just shut me down and basically see me as invisible. So, um, definitely acceptance and formulating friendships and connections was an ongoing issue um for a majority of I was for a majority of my toddler and teen adolescent life. Um, it wasn't until like eighth grade leave, heading into high school that I actually came into my own and realized, hey, there's nothing really wrong with me. Um, people are just who they are not everybody is this way and I fully started accepting who I fully am yeah so
0: so what Um, I yeah that would have been really challenging so thank you very much for sharing that because I think um especially you know People who have higher needs tend to get overlooked by society effectively. Um, it's You know, people talk about it, if you're in a wheelchair, nobody looks at you, you know, because, you know, they just don't see you. They just don't, one of the height things, but also it's like, oh, what's happening with them because they're a little bit different, as opposed to getting curious and just showing some compassion because everybody's got something going on, whether you're walking around um, and physically able to, or whether you're in a wheelchair, or whether you um, have learning difficulties, you know, those sorts of things. Everybody's got something going on. So being able to be compassionate and share and create that space, safe space for everybody to be able to have, be seen and heard is really important. Um, that whole, how, so, what I heard at the end there was that when you moved through your own acceptance of who you were, then you could let go of everybody else and what they were doing. Is that something that I that I heard?
1: Um, yes. Um, my insecurity seemed to have fallen away um, when I hit eighth grade. Um, there was a youth camp um, at my church at the time, and the high schoolers. Um as one of the ways to ga- gain friendships or try to find some type of acceptance, um, I'm like okay, perhaps I should volunteer, you know, be be like the tech person or the director or whatever or the usher or something, anything to do to have some sense of friendship or community, like not to be invisible. So I started volunteering, um and then in eighth grade or so um the high school the older kids um they got to know me pretty well at this point and they didn't have to talk to me but it it was I guess guys were showing me like hey not everybody is not everybody sees you as invisible they see you as you so um they were talking to me like hey Dion you should go to this youth camp it's gonna be really fun I'm like yeah, I'm not sure, um, and because my insecurities were in the back of my head, so I would go. I've been to all types of youth camps, all types of stuff. I will go to the youth camp. Everyone's te- cut off from technology, really. When we go to these um, church youth camps, usually, um, I can't speak for all of them, but usually they put the phone away. Um, the only people that really have their phones are the adults. Um, so you don't have computers, you don't have this. You're not in your homes. You're in a different environment so the only choice you have is to talk to people really you talk to people you bond you do tug of wars and all types of wacky games so um okay yay people have no choice but to talk to me now yay and be my friend but the second you get back to your reality it automatically went back to normal and i had no friends so why would I want to put myself through that if nothing is going to change? I'll be like, no, 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 you should come. And for some uncontrollable reason, I'm like, okay, I'll go. I'll get more connected with God. My spiritual relationship will grow more. I'll just go. So I went. This was around 2010, summer of 2011, 2010. Um, I went. Um, it was somewhere up in Tampa, um, I don't really specifically know where um, that we there was my church and another church which were um commingling as far as the um, location in the camp. And there was this one night um, they were talking about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, which is really biblical language and involves chanting of some sort. I may not have that entirely correct, but in my mind it involves chanting um or at least that's how I ended up professing it when I did speak in tongues that night which was probably the only memory or recollection I ever have of speaking any biblical language um I wish I could have continued it on but I it was a profound moment and it was still um I was a kid I had other stuff on my mind um So it was that moment or that particular night that I just had an overpowering sense of love from God. Like, there are people that care about you. There is nothing wrong with you. You're not invisible. There are people that care for you. Um, And I just instantly started crying. Not crying of avoidance or invisibility, but crying of acceptance. Because I finally realized that there really is nothing wrong with me and that I am loved. And in that moment, everything pretty much changed. Um, I got friends, Um, everyone hugged me. Um, I didn't feel invisible anymore. Um, And pretty much shined a light for the following year when I got into high school. When I got back to church, I still had friends. I wasn't invisible. People would call me up, invite me to hangouts. Um, there, I was in high school, so obviously curfews and times are different. Instead of after service, we would just, I would go straight home. Like, oh, hang out with us, grab some McDonald's, watch some movies. They're so, like 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, I had friends. Everything changed in that moment and going, going forward. So um, as far as adulthood, um. I will be honest, I do value communication very heavily. Um, I don't think people fully grasp why I value communication so much. Because when I was younger, I didn't have that luxury of having friends or talking to people because it would make me people would make me feel invisible. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate communication to the full extent of it because. I don't want to go back to that point in my life where I felt invisible that like there was something wrong with me. Of course I've matured and I know there's nothing really wrong with me, but I don't like the idea of being ghosted, which is a really common technology term for my generation (laughs) being ghosted or ignored. Um, Mm. I don't take kindly to that, but um it is a part of life um when i was younger it would have been a completely different scenario but um i've come to accept that technology isn't everybody's friends and people aren't always like this and they're more about experiences and in in doing life in real life not virtually speaking so um Communication I find very important and fundamental in my adulthood. Um, so I hope that answers the overall spectrum of your question. I'm not used to being on podcasts very much. so
0: um. No, it was awesome. You did great. <laughs> and I love that example that you shared. And, you know, like we all go through challenges and not taking anything away from your challenges because right. they would have right. been huge. Um And it's that whole, like that piece that you just talked about is that acceptance, having acceptance and connecting into yourself and telling yourself, you know, feeling that love from God for you was enough for your world to then open up. So it was a really beautiful example, I think, around how we move through things because often we will think that something's happening to us but when we can change ourselves, when we can come back into that greater connection with ourselves, and and that awareness and the acceptance, then you can unleash effectively, and you can go to the next level of, of who you need to be and where you need to go. And I imagine that that had that event has had a massive flow and effect for you in the rest of your life, like your life to date, um, over the last eleven or ten or eleven years. Um, and to the fact that you're now doing a podcast and you're now, you know, like you said, connection is so important to you and having conversations and communicating with people is so important to you that you really value the words that that, that other people speak to you because perhaps your words weren't valued along the track. So you like to give back, give in the way that you like to receive.
1: Absolutely. Um, I know many people would judge people or silence them for either their belief system or their gender or different gender um or simply just being not of their particular color or race or personality so many people would put a label on someone or judge them or silence them because they are different but The world, in a nutshell, is a melting pot. We all have different colors and personalities and backgrounds. And it really what shaped America um, in a way. I'm sure people can argue differently, but that's their prerogative. Again, everyone's open to their own opinion. That doesn't make it less right or less wrong. It's just... I'm losing sight of my whole purpose of this point here. But the point is... (laughs) um
0: we are all unique and I yes. think you use the word different like people see, oh, well they're different and therefore I'm going to sh- you know cut them off from that conversation but when we come from a place of we are unique I, from my mind the difference between different is I'm going to shut them down like that's you know blocking yes. as and opposed to unique yeah you open up and you get curious you go oh that's interesting
1: which makes my podcast really unique. And I think it's why it has such a good following the way it does is I'm accepting of everyone. I don't silence any voices. There's no time constraints on my podcast. Um, some people will cut them off or silence them. I don't silence anybody. The world silences you enough. I'm sure to some degree I'm not going to silence you. I'm going to accept you and let you speak your truth and from your heart, whatever that may be. I want them to feel this is a public form of safety, comfort, and acceptance. I understand the depths of rejection and isolation and feeling invisible. I'm not going to make you feel invisible.
0: It's your beautiful gift to give the world, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you would like to share before we move into our little wrap-up questions? This has been amazing.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't have anything else to share. Just I'm really honoured that you're giving me an opportunity to share my story on your podcast. Um, I'm usually on the other side of the mic, so sharing my story um, from my own in-depth personal perspective is not something I do often but I think it's important to share that on any platform and it just goes to show the depths of my heart and my podcast in general and that it's really symbiotic in a way considering how I started out in this world and the fact that I'm not shutting up when it comes to using my voice for good and helping others use their voices as well so thank
0: you you. that's awesome so tell me what's one thing that you'd love to do you do for self-love I'm a massive believer in self-love and my journey started with self-love so I'm keen to hear from others what they do for self-love
1: what do I do for self-love um I don't know if this is considered part of self-love but I think it is I like to write poetry Mm -hmm. Um, I've mentioned this a little bit in my story, being part of journalism and stuff. But I also um, write quite a bit of poetry. I've written like 57 poems. So awesome. when it comes to being my own Shakespeare, I'm pretty great at that. But um, I think writing poetry is my own um, self-love, um, words of affirmation. I know that's one of the five love languages, um, it's funny because as Leah mentioned I'm good with words so of course that would be my go-to choice but um, <laughs> um, writing poetry is my own um, way of loving myself and using my words because it's more um, internal in reflection of me and my experiences and understanding them more through my own emotions in a more creative way
0: Mm, that's beautiful thank you I don't think we've had anybody on the podcast say that so I love that <laughs> thank you we can all do that and it's that connection into soul when we write when we write from our what is intuitively driven it's a connection to soul so that's beautiful thank you so cool. she, can you share with us what's one thing that you do for fun What's one thing I do for fun oh that concept.
1: I almost <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> um one thing I do for fun. Um I already mentioned I love podcasting, so I can't really mention that. <laughs> okay. Um I like to go to the pool. i always mention that. I um the place complex i'm in is on a nature preserve so i'm really submerged in nature and um all the animals and creatures and trees um i truly have immense love for trees i like staring at them while i'm sunbathing and tanning at the pool um i find something really um Spiritual as far as trees go, I always admire looking up at them while I was walking or something. I just, I always look at the trees. I always instantly look at the trees. That's, well, I I also look at the ground because I'm walking, obviously, but my eyes always wander to the trees. Even now when I'm in a car and it's really, really light, I just stare out and look at the trees. Like there's something so profound and, um, life-affirming about trees and stuff. So yeah. I just, um, going to the pool and looking at the trees whenever I get a chance.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. Do you feel very, like, is there a feeling that comes up when you look at the trees?
1: A feeling of peace and that there are more good things to come. Like, mm. I feel, and I mentioned this in, like, a poem Um Recently, or a couple of weeks ago, like I feel, um, like the wind because the trees were like breezing by against the wind, and I feel like the winds are like whispers of what's yet to come.
0: <laughs> I got chills <laughs> through my body. That's amazing.
1: I'm like, write that down. <laughs> I feel it down, but um, another poetic tidbit but that's really what um trees and nature does for me it gives me a sense of peace
0: it's beautiful and beautiful connection thank you oh, all right yeah you have so much wisdom this is amazing <laughs> I wondering you probably don't think you probably go she's full of shit but no honestly there's so much wisdom here I'm wondering, um, you've provided us with so much information through the podcast, so if myself and the listeners could be of service to you, what is one thing that we could take out of the podcast and perhaps implement into our own lives?
1: What's one thing you can take out of this moment? Um, I think to spread, I know there's this common cliche where treat others the way you want to be treated, I don't think it's that much of a cliche. Um, you don't understand the depths of what someone is going through or their experiences. Um, I full-heartedly would have appreciated if someone took the time out of their day to check on me when I was younger. I would sit on a couch by myself wondering why am I here? What is wrong with me? I would have very much appreciated someone to take time out of their day to check in on me or just to say hi you don't even have to say do you want this sandwich or anything just a simple hi how are you a fist bump a handshake and if you wanted to keep talking to me that would be great or if you wanted to go on and play video games that would have been fine just some sense of acknowledgement to just help that person realize that hey I do see you um for me it took a while for me to be seen but I don't want that to be the case for everybody else. I want you to be seen. I want you to know that you are important. So what you can take away from this is that you don't understand the emotional depth behind what someone is going through. So check in on them.
0: Yeah. And just keep checking in on them. So, Yes. They're not going to open up to you the first time that you come in the door because, you know, they're going to still hide potentially, but don't be afraid of what they do share with you.
1: Absolutely, because they, 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 they will appreciate it. They may not say it at first, but they will appreciate it. And I know full firsthand that I would have definitely appreciated it, so I know they will too. So keep checking in, and it will make a difference. It really will. Yeah,
0: Thank you for sharing that too. That's beautiful where can everybody find you where could we touch base learn more about your podcast find you on social media where can people connect with you
1: no problem you can find my podcast words of heart on all your major podcasting platforms apple google spotify pandora iheart radio anywhere you listen to podcasts you can pretty much find me i am also on facebook my facebook page is called words of heart podcast um, the username is called heart Warrior 24 if you have trouble finding that but it's not that difficult to find um, i've also have video interviews on youtube as well as my facebook page um, i'll be sure to send the link to the youtube page to susan because i don't know how to eloquently speak it out on <laughs> a stream so um that's great. You we can, can put find, it in the
0: podcast notes. So that's cool.
1: <laughs> so you can find my podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and other major platforms I mentioned. As far as my social media handles, you can interact with me on Instagram at HeartWarrior25. Um, there, you'll find video previews of many of my interviews and or any other creative ambitions I undertake because I am a digital art student, so I tend to showcase some of my graphics on there sometimes and or my poetry because I did mention I have a way with words, so that's a, just goes to show how much into words I truly am. So if you want to interact with me on Instagram, you can, heartwarrior 25 twitter is probably the most engagement you'll get as far as my podcast goes i'm fully active on twitter um the twitter handle is heart warrior 24 um just one slight difference from there but um, still heart warrior all the same um so if you want to get in contact with me heart warrior 24 on Twitter or Heart Warrior 25 on Instagram. Those are the best platforms to get in touch with me. If you want to get in touch with me um, on a professional level of any kind, I am on LinkedIn as Dion Sanchez. So um, do not hesitate to reach out to me on there either. Apart from that, those are the best platforms to contact me on.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much and thank you for your time today and sharing so eloquently and so openly. I've really appreciated it. I've learned a lot through this conversation just in the time that we've had together and you've really elevated my soul too. So thank you and thank you for doing all the work that you're doing in the world.
1: No problem. That really warms my heart. Thank you so much for having me. That was. This has been a real honour.
0: Thank you for joining me today, and I have a couple of small favours to ask. If you love this episode, please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with. Also, to help spread the word about my podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus, it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honoured you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising, let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.